Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 28, Toxic People and Emotional Eating, Healthy Ways to Cope. I've said before that I've been reading emails from you all. And in the process, you know, I can see the anger, the disappointment and the frustration that comes through all of them. And more often than not, I see my story in these emails. Some of you have told me that you've made an effort to try to deal with this in a productive, healthy manner. And one of those not productive, not healthy things is emotional eating. Now, if this is your first episode, I've said before that during the process of me dealing with toxic people and all this other stuff I was dealing with, I gained 100 pounds. It's like, how in the world did I manage to do that? Well, it's kind of simple. I wouldn't admit to myself at the time, but emotional eating not only led to weight gain, but type two diabetes. When I did my fasting glucose, it was like 450, which is ridiculously high. That's like on your way to, to a diabetic coma. Whereas a normal reading should be in the low 100s. Now at the time of this podcast, I've had to reevaluate emotional eating because I know it could still creep up on me, but I've since lost 25 pounds, which means I, I still have 75 more to go. So what's the deal here? In terms of technology, we've got it great these days. You know, you can log on to a language website, have a conversation with a Spanish instructor from Ecuador. You can connect to past classmates on Facebook and you can walk into a Sam's club and walk out with the latest flat screen TV, which in some ways is good, but in other ways, not so much because our food is just as accessible. You can walk into a grocery store and then walk out with enough food to last a week or two. Uh, one time I went to a Walmart, it was one of those super Walmarts and I made the mistake of going on a Sunday afternoon. That was <laughs> never again. So I, I walked in there and all I wanted to get was like five or six items. And then when I got to the checkout line, you know, we had these long lines of people who have baskets. Some people had two baskets full of stuff. And I have to wonder, how long is that food going to last? Is this a weekly thing or is this enough food to last a month? Well, point is we have food, too much food too easily. You know, once upon a time, we had to grow our own food before we could eat it, right? In some cases, food was a necessity rather than a luxury. And we ate when we were hungry. Here we are in the 21st century, easy to purchase food, especially unhealthy processed food. And we can store them in our house for days, weeks, months, maybe years on end. Because now it's not so much about eating because we're hungry. We eat because there's food in the house. And sometimes we eat when we're bored, when people visit, when we watch TV, when we entertain visitors or whenever we just feel like it. So all that being said, I gained all that weight because food was just too easy for me to come by. And then I ate when I was lonely, depressed, angry. And given the situation at the time, that was practically every day. Going, going back to what I said before about the emails, I see a lot of the anger and the frustration that comes across. So the question is, how are you dealing with it? And one of the things we do is we eat or we overeat and it's really a way to medicate ourselves. It's a, it's a way to deal with the pain and it's not just dealing with toxic people that can happen. If you're dealing with the death of a loved one, if you're dealing with the loss of a job or a breakup of a significant relationship, whatever, something that triggers us. And so food is comfort, particularly food that's produced in the United States 
which actually triggers our dopamine and our serotonin. You know, all those feel good chemicals. You know that potato chip bag that says, bet you can't eat just one? Every time I see that, I feel like that thing's giving me the middle finger because they're right. You almost can't because a lot of the chemicals in the food are designed to get us hooked on it. It's like I'm sitting at my desk and just out of the blue, I just had a craving for donuts. I mean, I hadn't had donuts in months and just, it just hit me. And then I had a craving for some strawberry cheesecake ice cream. I mean, I could open a tub of that stuff and then not stop until the container is empty. Eating all that sugar, which caused insulin resistance. How could I not have gained weight going through all that? Now, add that to a situation like dealing with toxic people and you become emotionally vulnerable. Again, the anger, frustration, and then that just sense of injustice. Well, you're probably on the fast track to weight gain if you're not already there. So here's four tips to decrease emotional overeating. Number one is recognize the connection. This is probably the most difficult one because it requires some self-introspection or at least someone who could point it out to you. And if I had done this first, I probably could have avoided a lot of the health problems now. But once you recognize that you are eating because of emotions rather than hunger, you can understand your emotional triggers and the emotions involved. And this opens the door for you to deal with your emotion in healthier ways. Recognizing the connection may be opening yourself to criticism from other people. And let's face it, as human beings, if people are criticizing us, even if we know, even if we know they're right, sometimes we'll just do the opposite. I did that and it didn't work out for me, like at all. Okay. Number two, find out the emotion behind the eating. So once you recognize the connection, say, like, oh yeah, you know, every time I feel a certain way, I'm going to go for that tub of Haagen-Dazs or whatever, you can narrow down that emotion you're experiencing. Now I said mine, it was a combination of loneliness, depression, anger. When did it happen? After I got into a fight with a family or friend? So uh, when does this happen? After you get into a fight and you're angry? Is it out of loneliness? Are you using food to reward yourself for accomplishing a goal? And yes, I'm guilty of this one too. Or are you just plain bored? Sometimes we just have nothing better to do. Say, like, okay, and we just eat blindly. Journaling your thoughts. I've said this in a couple of podcasts before about writing. Journaling is very powerful. It's simple, but it's effective. And the reason why we do this, when you write, you begin to tap into those emotions and find a way to channel them. So you can help to dissipate the magnitude of the emotions so you don't feel so overwhelmed. It might even result in you eating less. And number four, own up to your emotions. I've said before about anger, if you feel it, that's fine. Welcome to the world. One of the problems that we face, particularly when dealing with toxic people, when we have these negative emotions, we think it's a bad thing. Not necessarily, it's human. The bad thing is when you channel it improperly, when you use it to hurt people, when you use it to hurt yourself, that's when it becomes a bad thing. But just having it is actually a good thing because it means you're a human being. And you know who understands this probably better than anyone else I know? And that's stand-up comedians. Yeah, I know comedy is subjective, but if you listen to their routines, a lot of it has to do with common human experience. Like a comedian might say, you know, don't you just hate it when, and then they say something. And the reason why it's funny, because we think we're the only person who experiences that emotion or we're the only person who's had that experience. No, if you're feeling a certain way or thinking a certain way, chances are you're not the first human being on earth to do that. And you probably won't be the last. So just owning up to those emotions. And I think when we do that, emotional eating too comes from feelings of shame. I know I'm not supposed to eat all that cheesecake. I mean, it's, it's common sense, but I do it anyway. And then, oh no, I feel terrible about myself. What a terrible human being I am. And so we want to heal that by eating more. And it's like a vicious cycle because emotional eating is a cry for help. 
Besides leading to complications of obesity, you predispose yourself to a destructive cycle of emotional turmoil. Now, for those of you who aren't going to food to deal with your situation or to medicate yourself, uh, congratulations. In our society, it takes a lot of strength and it takes just some brutal honesty, given how accessible our food is, how easy it is to go to the store and get unhealthy foods and to just gorge ourselves. And yeah, I'll admit there is pleasure in the moment, but then at some point there's a reckoning in the form of this thing called a scale. As the needle moves ever to the right, those numbers get bigger and your waistline clothes that probably used to fall off you at one point are now getting tighter. And so you have to buy a bigger size. I remember when I was wearing a size eight, now I have to wear 18. Yeah, it comes back and then even health problems. So this isn't a topic that I make light of. Whether you're dealing with a toxic person or just some other situation that's triggering this, it's important to have that connection that you have to admit, yes, this is going on in my life. Otherwise, nothing else I say matters. In order to solve a problem, you have to admit that it exists. And I know in my case, I didn't want to admit that I was an emotional eater. I didn't want to admit that, oh, well, you know, I'm a lot stronger than that. I didn't want to admit that I succumbed to my circumstances and I succumbed to my emotions and I let my emotions rule me, but that's exactly what happened. And then here's another thing. We think it's weakness to acknowledge it. Quite the contrary. That's probably the the bravest, strongest thing you can do because now you can make a change in your life. Cliche, well, yeah, but (laughs) cliches by their very definition are truths, albeit overused. And if you have several people telling you this from all walks of life, telling you the same thing, there might be an element of truth to it. It's not easy to acknowledge our flaws. It's not easy to listen to someone point out our flaws, whether they're doing it in a self-righteous way or whether they're doing it in a caring way, regardless of how it comes across. It's just something about putting a mirror up to our souls that frightens us. It's human nature. And again, you can own up to it. I don't like to hear it. I don't like to hear people tell me all the negative things about myself. But if I have like 20 people who've probably never met each other from different walks of life, and yet they all come to the same conclusion about me, there might be an element of truth to it. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to acknowledge the weakness. It's okay to acknowledge the anger. It's okay to acknowledge that, yes, we let our emotions rule us. Welcome to the human race. We all do that. We human beings have those moments of emotional weakness. That's not the problem. The problem is not dealing with it. The problem is letting it go on and then letting that waistline get bigger, letting that belt get tighter, letting those numbers on the scale increase, letting your blood glucose levels just shoot up and then having to spend all that money in metformin, which is usually the first line of defense for type two diabetes or taking lisinopril, which is usually what they give you in conjunction with metformin for high blood pressure. I didn't mention that. My highest blood pressure was 200 over 100. That's stroke territory. So I was on the fast track to a diabetic coma, on the fast track to a stroke, all because in the beginning, I didn't acknowledge that this was a problem. So let me wrap this up. Recognize the connection. Be honest with yourself. Find out the emotion behind the eating. Is it the loneliness, the anger, or maybe it's a combination of things? Journal your thoughts because that allows you to channel those emotions rather than keeping them bottled up and then being in this perpetual cycle of eating and shame and eating and shame. And then the last one, own up to your emotions. And when you do that, just acknowledge that you have them. That's fine. And then you can course correct and do what you need to do to not only eat healthy, you leave yourself better options for healthy eating, emotional wellness, and just 
being able to effectively do with toxic people in a productive, healthy way. All right. So again, thank you for the emails. I read them and I will respond to them as I get to them. If you have a question or a topic you would like me to address, I will do so to the best of my ability. So until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox.com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.